Praise God. It's great to have everybody in the house of the Lord. We have several visitors with us. We are delighted that you are here. We hope that you will stick around long enough to get a free latte and uh, allow us to just connect with you a little bit. Have a great time in fellowship. But now it's time for the word of the Lord. And uh, hallelujah. I'd like to draw your attention to the book of John, chapter number 20. John, chapter number 20. Amen. Excited about Brother Ari Prado. He's going to be here next Sunday. Incredible preacher of the gospel. Incredible Christian. Incredible man of God. He's going to be with us next Sunday. John chapter number 20. You got it? Say amen. Hallelujah. And we're going to start in verse number 24. Amen. Verse number 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Now, just, just before this, Jesus had appeared unto the eleven disciples revealed himself to them I'm sorry ten disciples revealed himself to them after his resurrection the Bible is just jumping in here with both feet in verse 24 and said but Thomas one of the twelve called Didymus was not with them look at verse 25 the other disciples therefore said unto him we have seen the Lord Thomas said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered it and said unto him, My Lord and my God. There was a revelation in the wounds. I want to talk to us for a few moments tonight about wounds that never heal. Wounds that never heal. Let's put our Bibles down and let's lift our voices in our hands and give Him great praise. For the next several moments, let's give our undivided attention to the Word of God. Come on, somebody praise Him. By the authority of the name of Jesus, O oh God, we give you great and glorious praise. Pray that every human being under the sound of my voice and even those that will listen to this message beyond these four walls would experience the wholeness the integrity of wholeness 
that is promised to every human being through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We ask it in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. An amazing passage of Scripture, to be sure. If I could get just a little bit more monitor up there, Brother, Brother Andrew. It's not a discrepancy, and it is not. Scriptures are conflicting, but if you will look in the same chapter at verse number 17, you will see something that is notable. In verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master, and Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not. This is not a discrepancy. And without really doing a little bit of digging, and this is, this is why it's important to, to be a student of the Word of God, because when you see something like takes place in verse number 17, and then something that takes place in verse number 27, it appears to be a contradiction. Mary is being told by Jesus after, immediately after his resurrection, don't touch me. The reason is, is I have not yet ascended to my Father, which did not take place for several days after his resurrection. And then in verse number 27, he is giving Thomas license to not just see his wounds like the other disciples did, but to actually touch his wounds, probe his wounds, thrust his hand into a huge wound in his side. And so what was the reason for this? The reason for this is, is the nature of Mary and women in general when seeing Jesus, they would immediately lamp unto his feet. And not so much to look at the nail scars in his feet, but as to hinder his mobility. And Jesus is letting it be known that right now, just give me some space. And so, when I first saw this passage of Scripture, I thought, man, that's something going on there. Where one person is told no, and another person is told yes. Which means that there is a particular group of people that can do things at the allowance of God that other people cannot. Nevertheless, we will pick up our story. Jesus appears to the disciples. When he comes in, he says, peace be unto you, because superstition still reigned throughout Judaism. This is why the book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It even 
predate the book of Genesis because the book of Job was God's desire to put to rest the superstition of humanity. And the basis of superstition is, is that bad things happen to bad people and good things happen to good people. Well, Job completely shatters that myth by being perfect before God, and yet he lost his children, lost his health, lost his possessions, but he got double for his trouble. So walking right through a wall or walking right through a door, Jesus announces and says, peace be unto you. He reveals himself to his disciples. But Thomas is not there. Thomas saw blinded eyes open, saw people being healed, people being delivered. John chapter number 11, people being raised from the dead. But when it came to the resurrection, when he saw that Jesus was under the jurisprudence of the Roman Empire, hated When he heard that Jesus had resurrected, he said, I'm not going to believe that. The resurrection is the pivot point of the entire gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible declares in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 that Jesus appeared unto 500 people that he had resurrected from the dead because he did not want the Jews try to dismiss the resurrection. So Thomas was very vocal about this. The disciples said, you know, we saw the Lord. He showed up. Wounds and all. Thomas said, I, I will not believe. I've been called. I've seen things. I've heard the message. I've been absolutely called like you're called. But I still will not believe until I see the wounds, feel the wounds, and thrust my hand into the wound. So our text picks up where Jesus appears again. I want it to be noted that Jesus made a special trip, if I could. He had already appeared to the ten. They were already totally believers that Jesus had raised from the dead. Jesus made a special trip for Thomas. And Jesus will do special things for people that need a little more convincing that he is who he says he is. God doesn't want to leave anybody behind. God will go out of his way. He will. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, eternity is a long time. God is never inconvenienced. But Jesus makes a special trip for Thomas. And really, beyond Thomas, So he did this for us. 
walked right through a door without opening it, without knocking, just peace be unto you. And Thomas drops his jaw. And Jesus looks at Thomas and says, reach your finger and behold my hand. Don't just look at him. I want, to stick, I want you to stick your finger and push it in where a, a, Rome, a crude, galvanized nail was that was rusty. And then I want you to take your hand and thrust it into my side because there's a big enough hole that was put there by the head of a spear. A revelation came to Thomas. The light flipped on. And he said, my Lord and my God. Let's just lift our hands and worship. We're living in a culture and a society that wants to call this fairy tale, cartoonish. A religion for grandma and grandpa and for the people of the middle and dark ages, but we're too smart for that. One of the most incredible aspects of this story is that the revelation deal did not come until Thomas came in contact with the woundedness of Jesus. There is a reason for this. A revelation of the identity of Jesus. No doubt in Matthew chapter number 16, the famous scripture, when Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? And Peter piped up after all them began to give biblical examples, great patriarchs of old, it was Peter that got the revelation from the Father and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, but Thomas never said anything. Thomas remained unconvinced. In fact, I would, I would posit that Thomas remained unconvinced until this very moment in time. There is a revelation in the wounds of Jesus. Biblical study is biblical history. And biblical history reveals to us an incredible reality here today. Long before God created Adam of the dust and Eve from a rib, long before God ever planted a garden, long before plant life emerged, animal life was formed, Long before the emergence of dry ground, long before God commanded, let there be light, long before the creation of heaven and earth, long before the creation of the angelic realm, teraphim, seraphim, and cherubim, long before Genesis 1 and 1 ever christens the horizon of time. In his aloneness, 
logos, the thought, word, or idea, produces an image. It is not the image of a man. It is not the image of a family. It's not an image of a flawless world and a flawless universe. But it is the image of a lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. A lamb that was wounded, a lamb that was bruised, a lamb that was slain. Revelation chapter 13 and verse number 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life, talking about those that will worship the Antichrist, of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 15 says this. Talking about Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they are thrones, dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Verse number 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Revelation chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. This is after the resurrection. This is after the ascension. This is after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. It was slain before creation. It was slain in the present. And it was slain in the future. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has wounds that will never heal so that you could be healed. You could be whole. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. It's no time to run to the doctor. It's time to get the healing that's yours. It's no time to find a psychologist. It's time to stand on the healing that's yours. It's no time to wounds that never heal. Let's lift our hands and give him praise. Oh, come on, my unbelieving friend. Reach out and touch his wounds. They remain today for you. The woundedness of Jesus, the bruising, the hurt, is all part of his experience by design. Isaiah 53 and 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. You see, we all understand, at least, at least in our cognitive mind, we can understand, we can read the Bible and we can understand it in 2D. Two dimensions. You understand that how 
There is a God because even creation does testify of his eternal power and Godhead. We can understand how that man is a sinner because of all the evil and the complexities of evil and the derivatives thereof that are in our world. And we can comprehend of a Savior. But I want to take it farther back than that. I want to go back farther than some university, some Ivy League university. I want to go beyond some classroom. I want to go beyond some textbook. And it's the design of God that he should become a human being that suffered, that was bruised, that was wounded. Oh, somebody help me. You are not going to get away from this. That there is a revelation in the woundedness of God. wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I'm not going to repeat that. One time should be enough to a baptized in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost-filled believer. Come on, Thomas, reach forth your finger and stick your hand into the wound of a living God. There's an understanding, there is a revelation. There is a transmission that comes through the wound. There are people all over this building under the sound of my voice that have been deeply wounded because being wounded is part of being human. I mean, we can pretty it all up. Try to look your best and presentable to the world, regardless of what uh, what part of subculture you identify with, regardless of how you comb your hair, regardless of where your tattoos are, regardless. Every single human being has experienced wounding, but you are not on drugs today. You are in the house of the living God. You are not an alcoholic today. You are in the church of the living God. You are not escaping it. it you're not hooked on interlying online pornography. You are in the house of a wounded healer. You are not running the streets today. You are not trying to mollify your woundedness. You're not trying to excuse your woundedness. You're not trying to cope with your woundedness. You're in the house of a wounded healer. Clap your hands and give him praise. You don't need to be alone again. You don't need to be hurting again. You don't need to be to cry yourself asleep again. You don't need to be afraid again. There is a wounded healer in this house. I want our voices to lift and give him praise. You don't need Prozac. You need stripes. You don't need antidepressants. You need blood. You're in the house of a wounded healer. 
But Thomas, I have to work with you today because we are so molded and shaped by a culture that thinks that there's an easier way. And every one of us have been given a measure of faith. And so I am here, I'm not here to appeal to your psyche or your intellect or your right brain or your left cerebrium, your hemispheres. I am here to appeal to the faith that Jesus, God created this world through a wounded lamb. God, God said, let there be light through a lamb that was slain. God said, I'm going to create the second day by a lamb that was slain. God's going to create a man by a lamb that was slain. God's going to put him in a garden by a lamb that was slain. God is going to call an Abraham by a lamb that was slain. God is going to call the nation of Israel by a lamb that was slain. But the good news in this hour is there is a wounded healer that ever liveth to make intercession for us that's saying, come to me, trust me. Clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, we can do better than that. A glorious God is worthy of glory. Come on, inconvenience yourself. Get out of your comfort zone. We're, this isn't a Bible study. This isn't a classroom. This is not some... You're talking about a lamb slain from the beginning. understanding. There is a revelation in the womb. The light will go off. The eyes will become open. And all the stories you've heard and all the testimonies others had now will become yours. Some of you suffered from neglect. Some of you suffered from rejection. Some of you suffered from varying forms of abuse. Some of you suffered from sexual abuse. Some of you, some of you are wounded from an offense that you never got an apology. There was never, and, and you just allowed it just to go and go and go and go. And, and the woundness there, the woundness is, is, is part of being human. It's part of being in the human race. It's part of the human experience. But God has an answer for that. It's not an antidepressant or a psychotropic. It's the power of the lamb that has wounds that never heal. He was wounded before the worlds. He was wounded in the world. And he ever liveth to make intercession for you. Clap your hands and give him praise. Job was greatly wounded, but got double for his trouble. Paul became wounded by a thorn in the flesh. By Satan. But he got a revelation that God's grace is sufficient for you. That revelation went far too when he said, when I am weak, then am I strong. That only happens when you're wounded. See, Ameri American churches want everything. Who was it that said they wanted to be free? American churches. 
the most for the least. The problem is we bring that into God. We want everything God's got without, without us doing anything. God, just be, just be glad that I showed up. Just be glad that I got dressed today, God. Just be glad that I got out of bed. Just be glad I made the effort to be, oh, honey, if you were like Thomas, you would have said, I should have got on board years ago. I should have seen this thing from the beginning. I should have been here with the pastor and his wife. I should have been behind him all along. I should have had the revelation. What you need to do is understand your woundedness. And instead of mollifying it with the things of this world, bring it to Jesus Christ and become whole, become integrous, become holy. Because holiness is impossible without wholeness. Impossible to become holy without becoming whole. Let's lift our hands and just love him a little bit. We're just going to preach a little bit today. You can sit here. I'm glad you're here. But you've got a hole in your heart and a hole in your spirit. Trying to figure out who put it there. It's been so long ago we forgot who did it. But we keep falling into the same emotional cycle because of that. Come on, let's pray right now. There's people under the sound of my voice. You've walked with a limp long enough. The healer's in the house. Brother David, I don't know when I've struggled over a message like I struggled over preaching this here today. I was reading some comments on a YouTube video of a bunch of Pentecostals. There's people in our world that actually think we're the ones that are demon-possessed. Because they've been taught that when you go to church, you're just supposed to sit there. It's an intellectual exercise. All that you need to be present is your ears. But here's, here's the deal. Is when you get the Jesus of the Bible that lives on the inside of you, and you know you got it was like one guy in the Old Testament said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I may not be able to run long distance like some of these guys, but I can still shake a leg because I know the wounded healer. See, if you're not whole, you can't lift your hands. It's a struggle. It's a struggle to lift your hands. It's a struggle to run. It's a struggle to celebrate. It's a struggle to weep with them that weep and rejoice with them that rejoice. You've only got one dimension. It's so subjective. It's how I feel. It's my pain. It's my sorrow. But you got to understand, when you meet the wounded healer, it's, it's God is so much bigger than this. God is so much greater than this. God is so much more glorious than this. The letter killeth, but the spirit Make us alive. You know what your problem is? You ain't got no life. If you had life, this wouldn't be hard. This wouldn't be hard. Come on, clap your hands and give him praise. In a world that's never seen a demonstration, I'm calling all living to give this world the greatest show on earth. 
we really like this church, but all that stuff ain't really necessary. Really? Yeah. I mean, we're okay with people high-fiving the devil when somebody makes a goal at the football game on Monday NFL football, and we're okay with our favorite basketball team, LeBron and the boys, and we're okay with hockey, and we got our own little pet deal, and we're okay with celebration as long as we don't have to do it in the house of God because it incriminates me. It condemns me. That's not my point today. My point is you can be doing this. You should be doing this. He's, he took wounds. He took cigarette out of your finger so you'd lift your hands. He took profanity out of your lips so you'd praise the Lord. He took shackles off your feet so you'd run the aisles. He took sin out of your mind so you could be holy. He took somebody ought to shout. The wounded healer is in the house. He'll heal you so you can be whole. He'll heal you so you can shout. He'll heal you so you can celebrate. He'll heal you. In a world that's lost, in a world that's crazy, show them a real expression in. Clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, reach for his wounds. Reach for his side. Reach for him as a lamb, having been slain before the foundation of the world. If you're whole, praise him. Look at this guy. I know everything's not perfect, but there's no shackles on his feet. There's no profanity in his lips. There's no uncleanness in his heart. If you had what we had, you'd do what we do. He called me out of darkness that I would... that they would show forth the praises of him that called them out of darkness into this marvelous light, which at one time were not a people, but are now the people of God. Come on, you that got an excuse, praise him. Well, I don't feel nothing. This ain't got nothing to do with feeling. Jesus got my wound. Jesus took my punishment. Jesus. do it under the Lord. There's a healer in the house. There's a way maker in the house. There's a deliverer in the house. The God of eternity is in the house. The God of Genesis is in the house. The God of revelation is in the house. I'm doing this in the sight of every lying devil. Go ahead and heap it on me. I'll still praise him. Go ahead and talk to me. I'll still run. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. I'll still shout.
Brother Wokey, who is our resident, he has become my, my local resident expert on eschatology. Every judgment upon this world is tied to the book that was taken out of the hand of him that sits on the throne in Revelation chapter 5. And John the Revelator said, I wept much, for there was no man worthy enough to take the book out of the hand of him that sitteth on the throne. Now, as I looked, one came out of the midst of the throne, not with the royal diadem, not with a glittering crown, not with all kinds of, 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 of regality and pomp, no trumpets blazing, but one came out of the throne as a lamb as it had been slain. And he took the book and angels fell down and saints fell down. When we ain't falling down, we're lifting up. We're going to... I don't know why some people can't celebrate. I don't know why some people can't say there are some things that are unreserved because this world don't know what awesome is. This world don't know what fantastic is. This world don't know what praise is. This Everybody in the building, clap your hands and give him praise. You may be seated. The lamb slain before angels, worlds, and the universe hung in its place began to undo the latches on the book in Revelation 5. And every judgment, every curse, every vile, Every woe, every sounding of the trumps was brought forth by wounded hands and a wounded Savior that said, if they would just believe, I keep turning, hoping that they'll believe. Oh, yes, you go to the university. I'm thankful that you go to university, but university has become anti-Christ. University has become anti-authority. University has come against the simplicity of Christ. Go back and tell him I found a preacher that's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power When you see people running around here, it's like, man, those guys have been smoking some good stuff. You know, it's legal. We don't have none of that Acapulco gold stuff around here. We got that stuff called heaven's blessing. You see people running around here, you're looking at people that used to be on drugs. You're looking at people that used to be after a PhD. You're looking at people that used to be alcoholics. You're looking at people that used to have broken marriages. You're looking at people that used to have broken hearts. You're looking at people that used to have bitterness in their hearts. You look at people that had unbelief. You're looking at people that couldn't live for God. You're looking at people that cursed God. 
wound that never healed. Wound that never healed. unto us that pain and even potential wounding is part of living for God. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 6 says this, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth. Everybody say scourgeth. The word scourgeth there means beaten with a rod or a whip. All you 21st century disciplinarians that believe that time out can replace the beauty of a rod, you're, I'm going I'm to take your iPhone away, I'm going to take away your, your, your Xbox and your PlayStation, and you're not going to be able to do some of that stuff. You know what, Mom and Dad, if you don't do your job and you put it on the preacher, then the preacher and the church has got to do your job. And if the preacher and the church can't do their job, they got police that will try to do that job. And if they won't listen to the police, then people of the penitentiary will try to do their job for them. I'd rather get the Holy Ghost and say there's a joy in submitting. There's a joy. It's not work. It's not effort. I don't know who said that, but praise the Lord. Would you stand to your feet? She said, preach it, brother. I'm going to do better now. I'm going to take a lap on that one. You're probably saying, man, that guy looks like a Trump wannabe. Honey, if you knew what he brought me out of, the drugs are gone. The alcohol's gone. The cigarettes gone. The profanity is gone. The idolatry is gone. The junk in my heart is gone. The junk in my mind is gone. The committing suicide is gone. I know a wounded healer that's into making people whole. A whole Savior is worthy of whole praise. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 11. Now, no chastening. Chastening means discipline, instruction. When the Lord disciplines us, it's not to discourage us. It's to instruct us in righteousness. Well, Pastor, I'm coming as long as it's nice. Well, you play nice. You know, I play nice with people. 
I get hard on spirits. When I see a person sitting back there, and I see him in my mind's eye, because God has touched me many a time, and I've seen people that were sitting back there, where actually before the day was over, were up here, and they were liberated by the power of God. I'm not going to stop. This ain't going to stop me. 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 Because when God gets a hold of you, you're going to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for... Thank you for pressing on. Thank you for pushing on. Thank you for preaching to me. Come on, somebody give him a holy handshake. Somebody praise him. Somebody give him glory. A great God is worthy of great praise. says this, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous nevertheless. You know, God wants to see what you're going to do. I remember, I remember 30 odd years ago, I remember when I first got saved, I was like, had a direct hookup to heaven. I woke up speaking in tongues. I went to bed thinking about God. I just, it just, it was glorious. But God said, you know, you can't stay there because there's no growth there. See, there has to be a forbidden tree in everybody's garden. Because that's the only thing that's going to truly prove that you're making the right choices for the right reason. And where Adam and Eve failed, you and I can look at the tree that Jesus hung on and say, I can do all things through Christ Jesus which strengtheneth me. But I remember one day that the joy juice shut off. Hello, God. And the devil moved in and said, you know, you still got that Coke dealer's phone number. See, there's some people that can't handle any pressure at all because God doesn't want to lose you. But the Bible said that they that backslide. In a day of struggle, their strength is little. See, this thing is not, this thing is not designed for weakness. It's designed for people that can, that can be pillars. Pillars, you may not even see a pillar. Behind that whole wall, there's a bunch of two-by-fours back there. You don't see that, but they're holding that wall up. You may never know who the pillars are in this church, but they're holding this whole thing up. God wants to make his pillars, not pillows. You know, kind of fluffy. Make us comfy. Not fat. Is that okay? Good. Just keep coming. We'll make you comfortable. Problem is, no preacher can stop this. No mom and dad can get in God's way. Nobody. God said, no. If they're going to be saved, they're going to have to be processed like everybody. No. 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 You're going to have to walk on a street of gold. You're going to have to say no to some things. You're going to have to be willing to overcome some things. You're going to have to come out of some things. You want to go down? That's the easy road. Just do nothing. You want to go to heaven? It's going to take everything you got. Wide is the gate to destruction. But here's the good news. God helps you. God's with you. You're not alone. Don't be afraid. Yea, though I walk through the valley. People in our world that can get instant drugs. 
bad back. What happened? Oh, you know, I reached over, picked up some garbage, and something in my back snapped. I got to have some meds. Well, we'll give you some Tylenol. No, I got to have narcotics. Man, that's the only thing that'll work. Man, you quiet right now. People are hooked on all kinds of stuff. God's into developing saints, not ain'ts. I'm almost done. For you clock watchers, I've only been preaching 58 minutes. Here's verse number 11. I promise to read it all the way through this time. Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. I went to my pastor. I said, I don't feel God. What's going on? He said, you'll be fine. Just stay faithful. Some people, the minute there's any disruption, they go back, they go back to whatever was clogging them up before they ever came to him. And God is trying to prove to them you're into something that is so far beyond something created, man-made, fake. Nevertheless, afterwards, here's the revelation that woundedness will bring to us if the Father, when he chastens us, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. He's helping you grow. Call it purging. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down. And all they do in that church is clap. Try it. Look at the picture here. I love this word picture. We believe Paul was the author of, of Hebrews, but there's a lot of people that think not. But the author is anybody that's truly depressed. Lead me by the hand. Tie my shoe. Adjust my bib. Get my diapers. Just seeing if you're awake. with the men everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Verse number 13. I'm almost done, I promise. And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. God fully intends your predicament to have an ending, a healing, a deliverance. An emancipation proclamation. But you got to play. You have to go around to collect $200. Who 
some people say, well, you know, yeah, we check your name off. Yep, I'm glad you're here. But you ain't never going to mature, and you're never going to be what God standing on the other side of this has for you. Here's my wounds. Touch me. Show me. I'm, I'm for you. Let it rather be healed. Let's talk about God's overarching purposes. I'm coming down the home stretch. Deuteronomy 32, 39. See now that I, even I am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and make alive. I wound and I heal. Proverbs 20 and 30. That's 20 and 20. I need 20 and 30. Maybe we should read that one, but that's for another message. Verse 30, please. The blueness of a wound cleanseth away evil. So do stripes the inward parts of the belly. If God can't get your attention, if God can't get you to repent, if God can't, because see, the devil, the devil sees what you're doing every day. He sees exactly what you're going to do tonight. He sees exactly how you're going to live your life next week. And the devil is right there on God, on the left hand of the, of the throne saying, why don't you just kill him? Why don't you just judge him? See, look what they're doing. Look what they're watching. Look what they're doing. Look what's coming out of their mouth. They don't deserve to be in that church. They don't deserve to be in the church. They don't deserve to call on your name. And so God is not wanting to listen to the devil. Talk to the hand. And so God's over here trying to develop you because he sees the same thing the devil saw. And because God believes the devil hates you and God loves you, God's trying to get you over the hump so you and him can look at the devil and go, eh. But see, the devil's saying, no, uh-uh, they're, not, they're not applying themselves. They're not praying. They're not believing. They're not walking in victory. They're not doing what's preached. They're not doing. They're staying at that same level. And so God is saying, all right, got to do something. Let's, let's shut it down. Boom. And now that wound, now from a hospital bed, we can pray and talk to God. I thought you, I thought you were supposed to go in for heart surgery. She's here today. Let's clap our hands and give God praise. She never went in. The blueness of a wound. If we say, oh, God, like David did, create in me a clean heart. God says, I finally got your attention. I plan on making you whole again, but let's learn a lesson this time. Let's lift our hands and give him the praise because that one, that one is like an arrow that hits some people here. Because God loves you. God is trying to bring understanding to you. Let's pray. God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, I worship you. God, I need you. Help me to understand the things in my life so I don't, so I can please you. Because there's a healer that will always put me back together. Psalm 147 and 3. 
healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. This is my last scripture, I promise. Proverbs 27 and 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Jesus Christ, before time, in time, in eternity, slain and ever liveth to make intercession. I've heard the story. I'm fascinated by trees. I heard the story of a redwood tree. Not a very old redwood tree. They can they can live to be three or four millennia. Way back into into Bible times. It was a famous redwood that they determined was not yet two thousand years old. That in nineteen thirty three was toppled. The mammoth, largest of all living things, shattered and thundered in the morning air as it fell in that dark, uninhabited forest. There's a special form of people that study trees. They're not really interested in the foliage. They're not really interested in the the bark and the epidermis of the tree. But they're interested in the rings of the tree because they can literally read the life story of that living entity by looking at the rings of a tree. And they discovered that by looking at the rings of this giant that they could determine when there were years of drought and years of moisture. They also could determine when there were, there were years in the life of this tree that went almost to the time of Jesus and the disciples and the apostles. That there were, there were years or periods of time in the history of that tree that there was great growth. And then there were, there were rings that were just, they were just monotonous. They were just a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring. But there would be, there would be these surges of growth in the life of this tree. They've been able to read in the rings of this tree that right about the time of the Middle Ages that the tree was hit by lightning. And they could see the evidence of it in in the rings of that tree. But the tree was able to overcome the effects of lightning hitting the tree. And it continued to grow. They also saw where pestilence, bugs, had attempted to kill the tree, but the tree was able 
They were able to read, they could put into the year that this happened. And you look at world history and they could say, this was going on in the world, but this was going on in this tree. But they determined in either the 18th or the 19th century that there were Indians that built a fire next to this tree. And it wouldn't have been so bad except that the fire got big enough and burned hot enough that it went down into the root system of this tree. And as they're looking at the rings of this tree, they're saying, this is one wound that that tree was not able to overcome. And it took many, many, many years. But there was something that went to the roots. It, it affected the what? The roots. And it eventually took this tree out. The wounded healer that has stepped out from the throne is viewed as being a lamb as it had been slain from eternity into the future looks back at the beginnings before creation itself and said, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder who will take advantage in this epic of time, this dynamic of time that exists. Not just Jesus that hung on a cross, not just the fairy tale of Sunday school stories and the fodder of early Christian development and, and, and the pablum of denominational instruction, but a God that said, I'm going to start this with a wound. Because being wounded... Through the years, I've had a lot of heroes. I was a 30-year-old man when I got saved, and I looked up to people that were half my age that were preaching the gospel, Bible quiz champions. I just looked up to them because of their place in God. But I've seen people through the years just for no outward reason, just all of a sudden backslide, throw in the towel, Walk away. I've come to realize that there was some wound that they never took to the throne room and allowed God to make them new. Wounds. 
let's stand. And let's lift our hands unto a God that right now is praying, the Bible says, ever liveth to make intercession so that you could be new and whole strong full of integrity and purpose and direction and holiness righteousness let's lift our voices and lift our hands there's a God in this house week after week the wounded healer visits here This altar's open. What's keeping you from your victory? What's keeping you from truly embracing and enjoying real living for God? What wound has been thrust upon you, either at the hands of somebody else or your very own doing? There's a wounded healer in this house. All over all over the universe, there's a wounded healer. Come. no time to point the finger. It's time to come and receive. And look for the wounds. Somebody needs to search for the nail prints. Somebody needs to thrust your hand into the side and say, I want to be whole. I want to be fixed. Fix me. All over this building, you're welcome to come and pray. There's a wounded healer in eternity that will bear his marks for eternity. of guilt. It's just a desire to come in contact with the God of the universe.
open your heart and let the wounded healer in. in with nail scars. He comes in with a, a ribbon in his side. He's a wounded healer. Thank you. 
Tree when I 
in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, by the authority in the name of Jesus, upon the profession of our faith and the repentance of our sins, we hereby baptize Jackie Jacks in the name of Jesus Christ.
baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, by the authority in the name of Jesus, upon the profession of his faith and the repentance of his sins, we hereby baptize Eric Jacks in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you it's exciting to watch people get born again in obedience to the scriptures and watch God do what only God can do. In Jesus' name. I believe we've got one more baptism. Carlos has been coming for the last at least month is, is about to be baptized in Jesus' name. to get baptized in Jesus' name. 
Amen, amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, by the authority in the name of Jesus, upon the profession of his faith and the repentance of his sins, we hereby baptize Carlos Herrera in the name of Jesus Christ.